glad that you're listening to this podcast. This podcast is a ministry of the Bonners Ferry Baptist Church and of Pastor Devin Neal. Acts chapter 20. Let's, uh, let's stand. We'll let you stand one more time. They sung about standing. We'll stand. Amen. Stand. Acts chapter 20. And uh, we're just going to read... A couple verses here, and then we'll go over to the book of Peter, and we'll read a couple verses there tonight, First Peter chapter 5. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his blood. For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now, the Apostle Paul is addressing the elders at the church of Ephesus here. And I want you to notice in particular where he says, Take heed, therefore... Unto yourselves and to all the flock. Look in verse 29. Not sparing the flock. Turn if you will. You can hold your place here if you want. And go to 1 Peter chapter 5 and uh, verse 1. Bible says, The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God, which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. I want tonight, tonight to, with the Lord's help, to preach tonight on the church as the flock of God or the flock of the Lord and I uh, want to uh, use the scriptures tonight and look at some things that God identifies and tells us about the church the people of God uh, in relationship to a flock the Lord likens his church to a flock therefore he likens his people to sheep we're not talking about geese brother Steve we're talking about sheep tonight Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, we'll ask God's blessing. Lord, again, we thank you tonight, Lord, for this wonderful privilege to be gathered together in your precious name, knowing that our sins are forgiven, that our names are written down in the Lamb's book of life, and that, Lord, one day we're going to be with you, and we're going to be with you forever. And, Lord, we thank you for that and praise your Son, Jesus Christ, because you made it all possible tonight. Lord, we ask, bless your word as it goes forth this evening. Dear Lord, we need your help tonight. We ask, Holy Spirit of God, to please do your work. And Lord, to speak to every heart. Use me and help me, Lord. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you for all you do. And Lord, we just want to say thank you for allowing us to be a part of the flock. And God, I pray if there's someone here tonight that's not been saved yet, I pray tonight would be the night that you would deal with their hearts and they would receive you as their Savior. 
We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back, if you will, to Acts chapter 20. You can be seated. Acts chapter 20. Again, now we said uh, uh, starting yesterday morning that the Lord likens the church to many different things. He uses many different uh, terms, uh, metaphors, if you please, uh, to help us understand this, mac- this thing called the church. Now, the church of God is a, is a, a, an organization, but yet at the same time, it's an organism because it is alive. Amen. And it's alive. And the church is that. The church is an organized group, body of believers that have been saved and called out, separated unto God and uh, worshiping the Lord together, serving the Lord together, but it's also an organism. It's made up of those who are alive spiritually uh, through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he likens the church to a building. We saw that yesterday morning, and, and a very important part of a building is its foundation. And I'm glad, thank God, uh, if it's God's church, it's built upon the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw last night that he likens the church to a bride. And uh, a very important characteristic of the bride is that she is faithful uh, to the bridegroom. And the Lord certainly wants us to be faithful unto him. He's worthy of our faithfulness, is he not? He's certainly faithful to us. We said that God likens his church to a husbandry. And there he, he, he uh, impresses upon us the need for fruitfulness. He talks about the church as being a body and the importance of the function of the body. He speaks of it as a family, and the value and the importance of fellowship among the family. He speaks of it as a an assembly, and that assembly has a fixed location. The church is not some invisible entity out here. The church is a fixed location, just like this church is right here. Uh, he speaks of it as a rescue unit pulling, snatching souls from the fire. And there, there needs to be a fervency about the matter of reaching the lost with the gospel. He speaks of the church as a candlestick. And there he speaks of the flame and how the flame uh, needs to be fueled and uh, and provide a light uh, to this world. Uh, but tonight we want to look at this matter of the church as a flock and trust that God will use it uh, to help us uh, this evening. Uh, because the church is likened to a flock, as I've already said, we're not talking about geese, we're talking about sheep tonight. Uh, it's interesting uh, that when God used an animal to portray his people, that he chose a sheep. A uh, sheep is one of the most helpless and dumb animals there is on the planet. God created sheep to be dependent upon a shepherd. They're not designed to live on their own. They're not designed to be independent. Amen? They're not designed to go off on their own and be a solo sheep. They thrive best within a flock, and they thrive best under the leadership of a shepherd. God just made it that way. It's interesting that uh, the first shepherd in the Bible is found very early in the book of Genesis, and his name was Abel. Several great characters in the Bible were shepherds. Uh, Moses was a shepherd. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 
uh, were shepherds. Uh, there's others that were shepherds in the Scriptures. But tonight, I want us to focus on the Lord Jesus Christ as the shepherd of the sheep or the shepherd of His flock, the church, tonight. As a shepherd, the shepherd is to lead the flock. Amen? He is to lead the flock, uh, and therefore He sets the course, He sets the direction, He determines when the flock is to move, He determines when the flock is to stop, he, is determined, he determines when the flock is to go to water. He determines when the flock is to go to this pasture or to this pasture. He's the one who sits up at night and protects his sheep uh, from the enemies of the sheep, the wolves and the bears and the lions and the thieves. And during the daytime, the adder, the snake, uh, the insects, uh, and even the sheep uh, need protection against themselves. I am told that sheep can get full and roll over on their backs, and if they roll over on their backs, they can die of suffocation. They even need the shepherd to roll them over, protection from themselves. How many of you have found that you need protection from the wolves and from the lion and from the bear and from the thieves of this world? Uh, You need the Lord Jesus Christ's protection in your life. How many of you realize that you need the Lord's protection from that old serpent, the devil, tonight? How many of you need protection from the, the, the fleas and the flies and the agitations of life? You need the Lord's protection. You need the Lord's protection from yourself. We were designed to be absolutely dependent upon our shepherd. And the Lord is our shepherd. If you're saved tonight, the Lord is your shepherd. Can you say amen to that tonight? Now, I want us to look at some things here tonight. Go, if you will, to John chapter 10. The Gospel of John chapter 10. The Lord Jesus Christ is doing the teaching here, and He's, he's speaking of sheep, speaking of a sheepfold. He says that He is the door of the sheepfold. And uh, then he jumps, jumps down to verse 11. And the Lord says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is an hireling and not the shepherd, whose own sheep, uh, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth, and the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is an hireling and careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Jesus identifies himself as the good shepherd. Now, speaking primarily here, I believe he's speaking to Israel when he speaks of being their shepherd. 
and speaks of being the door to the sheepfold. But I look in verse 16, and he says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. I believe he's speaking there of bringing in the Gentiles, and therefore forming what we call the church. Amen. And so not only was Israel the sheep of God's pasture, as the psalmist tells us, but those that are saved in the dispensation of grace and are made up of the church today are also the Lord's sheep. Now, there's some things I want us to notice about this good shepherd. And I I want to suggest to you tonight that when Jesus speaks of the good shepherd, he's speaking of his person. He's speaking of his person primarily. Notice, first of all, he says in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. You know what makes Jesus the good shepherd? Notice that word, I am. He says it twice. He said, I am the good shepherd. Again in verse 14, I am the good shepherd. Does that ring a bell to anybody? Jesus himself identified himself as the I am. Before Abraham was, I am. Am. You know what Jesus is saying? I am God. And our shepherd tonight, the good shepherd, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, is the good shepherd because he's the God shepherd. Can you think if you were as sheep tonight, uh, as for illustration as sheep tonight, can you think of a greater, better shepherd to have in your life that is going to lead your life, going to provide for your life, going to protect your life, going to take care of you and love you and nurture you and, and, and guard you. Can you think of a better shepherd than God Almighty? He who knows all things. He who has all power. My friends, tonight we, we can relate to this because Jesus said, I am the good shepherd of the sheep and we are part of the sheep. Therefore, God Himself is our shepherd. How wonderful that is. Notice not only that, he's the good shepherd because he said, I am God. But he said in verse 11 again, he said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He's the good shepherd because he gave his life for the sheep. A hireling won't do that. When, the, when danger comes, a hireling will flee. But the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, gave his life for the sheep. We're talking about Calvary here. We're talking about redemption here. Amen. Look on down, if you will, a little further in verse 15. The latter part of that verse, or he said, As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. He said, I, the good shepherd giveth his life. He said, I lay down my life. Look, if you will, in verse 17. Therefore doth my Father love me. Because I lay down my life. Look at verse 18. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Jesus Christ is the good shepherd because He is the one who laid down His life and gave His life for the sheep. No man took His life from Him. He voluntarily laid down His life. He did that for you and He did that for me when He went to Calvary and He laid down His life there on the cross and allowed men to crucify Him for our sin. That qualifies Him as a good shepherd. We see Him there giving His life. Look at verse 14. He said, I am the good shepherd and no 
my sheep. You know, do you believe tonight that the Lord knows you? Do you believe He knows you? Upon the authority of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, He said, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. You know tonight, if you're one of the sheep of God, if you're a born-again child of God, You've been washed in that blood that he laid down his life and shed for you, that he knows you. He knows you by name. He knows how the number of the hairs on your head, Brother George. I said the Lord can add and subtract. Amen? He knows where you are right now. He knows what we're thinking. He knows our our heart's desires. He knows our hurts. He knows our heartaches. He knows our sorrows. He knows our fears. He knows our disappointments. Amen. He knows our temptations. He said, I know them. Aren't you glad for that tonight? You know what? If I'm going to be led through life by someone, I want that someone to know me. The idea of knowing is not just knowing facts and things about us, but it also involves understanding. He understands us. He understands our makeup. He understands we are but clay. Amen. He understands our frailties and our failures. He understands our faults. He understands our quirks. Amen. He understands everything about us. And now if I'm going to have someone leading me, I prefer someone that knows me, don't you? Isn't it amazing the world doesn't know us? But how many of God's people are allowing the world to lead them around tonight? Get on Facebook and everybody's got followers. For some reason they want all these followers. Followers. Everybody wants followers. Amen. You know what? The Lord wants us to be followers. Not of the world. Not of men, not of others, but of Him. I'm asking you tonight, is the Lord really the good shepherd? Not just a good shepherd. The good shepherd. Is He? I believe He's qualified to be that. He said, I, I know my sheep. And He said, and am known of mine. You know what that means? If you're one of His tonight, you know Him. Paul said, I know Him. On that I may know him. Aren't you glad you know him tonight? Notice something else. Verse 15. He said, as the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. Jesus is the good shepherd. He knows the Father. And the Father knows him. Look, if you will, uh, in verse 28. He said, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. You know he's the, why he's the good shepherd? Because he's given to us eternal life. Eternal life. I'm glad I'm safe and secure tonight in the hand of God. Aren't you? I thank God that I don't have a shepherd uh, that bought and paid for me and then uh, turned me loose and lost me somewhere. Thank God tonight for the purchaser 
of the flock. That's our good shepherd tonight. Now I want you to notice, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus speaking of him, of his person as the good shepherd. But I want you to look in Hebrews chapter 13. There's another reference uh, to the Lord as a shepherd. In Hebrews chapter 13, look in verse 20. The Bible says there, uh, now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd. Hebrews tells us that he is the great shepherd. We go here in Hebrews chapter 13. The Bible says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. It was the good shepherd that laid his life down for the sheep. It was the good shepherd that shed his blood on Calvary. It was the good shepherd that took your place and mine. He voluntarily died in your place and mine. He became our substitute and our sacrifice for our sin. But thank God, as our great shepherd, he rose from the dead. He's not only my good shepherd, he's the great shepherd. He's resurrected. From the dead. Jesus said in John chapter 10 again in verse 18, No man taketh it from me, talking about his life, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it again. He said, I have the power to lay my life down. I have the power to raise it up. And he did. He's the great shepherd. I'm glad tonight you and I have a shepherd that can never die. Not only can he conquer the lions and the bears and the serpents and the thieves, but he conquered death and the grave. Amen. No wonder he's able to say, I give unto them eternal life. Why? Because he is eternal life. He's the great shepherd of the sheep, the resurrected one. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Notice, if you will, First Peter Chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, the Bible said again here in verse 4, and when the, the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Now before that, Peter is addressing the the pastors, he's addressing the elders, and he said, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, talking about his return, the chief shepherd is going to appear, and I believe he's going to appear soon. Don't you? The chief shepherd. Now, the Lord speaks of his pastors as the under shepherds. Pastor is the idea of shepherd. It's a word that it involves, it implies a shepherd. And the pastor of a, of a church is the under shepherd. We'll speak more of that in a moment. But Jesus said, listen, I'm speaking to you under shepherds, you pastors. Here's how you're to be, you're to under, be a shepherd in my flock. But he said, but when the chief shepherd, 
the big shepherd, the boss, when he shall appear. And he'll give you a crown of glory that fadeth not away. The chief shepherd is on his way. Amen. You believe that tonight? You believe that tonight? Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one who died for your redemption. I'm the redeemer. He said, I am the great shepherd. I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm the chief shepherd. I'm the one that's going to return again and keep my promise for my sheep. Thank God for that tonight. You and I tonight, you know what we need? We need the shepherd. I want you to see one more passage, uh, if you will, tonight. In Luke chapter 15. Well, just a moment. First Peter chapter 2. Stay right here. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. The Bible here speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, For ye, ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your soul. When I think of Jesus as the good shepherd, I think of his person. When I think of his as the great shepherd, I think of his power. When I think of him as the chief shepherd, I think of his position. There is none higher and greater than him. When I think of Jesus as the, the, the shepherd and bishop of our souls, I'm thinking of his passion. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus gives a parable of the, of the shepherd that has 100 sheep and one of them is lost. And you see the passion of the shepherd there. He leaves the ninety and nine to go out into the wilderness to find that one lost sheep. Aren't you glad tonight that you have a shepherd that has a passion for your soul? Aren't you glad for the day he found you and he saved you by his grace? Let me ask you this, as as one of his sheep tonight... Have you ever strayed from the fold? Have you ever gotten out of the will of God? You know who it was that brought you back? It was the shepherd and the bishop of your soul. He brought you back. As a matter of fact, he carried you back. Amen. Isn't that wonderful tonight? Thank God tonight. Think about this now. We're talking about we are sheep and we are the sheep of his pasture. He is the shepherd. And you know what sheep need? Sheep need a shepherd for protection. Sheep need a a shepherd for direction. They need a a shepherd for correction. They need a shepherd for inspection. (laughs) Amen. They need a shepherd for affection. Jesus loves his sheep. Thank God for that tonight. If you're a part of the family of God tonight, you are one of his sheep. And he loves you. He wants to lead you. He wants to correct you because he loves you. Amen. He wants to provide your every need. He wants to protect you from every enemy. He wants to bring you to that place of joy and peace. Isn't that right? That's our shepherd. Now what, as sheep, 
As a part of the flock, what's the most important thing you and I can do tonight as sheep? Follow. Follow. Just follow the shepherd. The sheep have got it made if they'll just follow the shepherd. Is that right? If they stay close, and by the way, the closer they stay to the shepherd, the more secure they are. Isn't that right? Follow. The Lord has encouraged us in many places in the Word of God to follow the Lord. Following involves faith. Trust. Is that right? The Lord wants you and I as his sheep, as a part of the flock of God, to follow him by faith. That's about as elementary as it gets. But you know what sheep do by nature? Stray. How many of you have ever strayed as a sheep? How many of you find one of the biggest battles of your life is straying? Not just diving into a mud hole, but just nibbling away on this earth and straying. That's a big battle that we face. And how God wants to protect us from Straying. See, how are we protected from straying? Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. My voice. You know what the Lord uses to lead his sheep? His voice. I read a story of a someone who had visited the Middle East and they were in an area where there was a large, large pasture and there were five different flocks of sheep that were under the leadership of five different shepherds. And they were all out there mixed and mingled together. And as the sun began to go down and it was time for them to go back to wherever they were going, one by one, he said, one shepherd just kind of walked up the hill, started walking away, and just started calling out to his sheep. And he said, a sheep over here, a sheep over here, a sheep over here, began to separate themselves from that huge flock, mixed multitude, if you will, and began to follow that one shepherd. Another shepherd's over here, he takes off that way and just begins calling his sheep and they begin following their shepherd. You know, that's how the Lord leads his sheep, is by his voice. My sheep hear my voice, and they know me. Aren't you glad tonight for the, sh- the voice of the shepherd? Now, the Lord leads his sheep individually by his voice. That's his word. We will not be able to follow the Lord on our own. We are not made that way. We must have the leadership 
of the voice of God in our lives. And by the way, the Holy Spirit of God works in conjunction with the voice of God. Amen. How many of you believe that? If you're going to follow the Lord, if I'm going to follow the Lord, the Bible says in Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. How does he direct our path? By his voice. How does God lead a church, a local church? He does it with his voice. Amen? Always beware of someone would say, the Spirit of God told me. And they don't have a word of God to go with it. The Spirit works with the Word. Amen? When God's Word speaks, the Holy Spirit of God confirms it in our hearts. Amen. It's not the other way around. God's Word is first. God put His Word in black and white and print, and we are a blessed people to have it. And God says, listen, I'm your shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the great shepherd. I'm the chief shepherd. I'm the shepherd that has a passion for your soul. I care for your life. Listen to my voice. You just listen to His voice. But there are many Voices in this world, are there not? Voices everywhere. Voices. Voices. Oh, how we need to be familiar enough with His voice that we can hear it above all the other voices. Discern the difference in the voices. Amen. We need that. Now, let me say this and I'm going to try to wrap this up. We're talking about the local church. I've had to focus on the shepherd because he's the most important part of everything. But I want you to, if you will, to go to First Peter again, chapter 5. Or go back, let's see, go back to Acts chapter 20. Now, in our personal lives, how many of you believe that God can lead you individually as a, as a sheep, that he can lead your life by his voice? How many of you believe that? You need to believe that. That's the desire of God for every single born-again child of God. He wants to lead your life with His voice. But now, when we come together as a, as a church, it's not just one sheep, it's a bunch of sheep. It's a flock of sheep. Amen. Then the Lord leads these individual sheep as a flock as a single unit. You know, a flock is made up of many individuals and it makes a single unit. Is that right? God has ordained a way to lead the flock. Amen. Now think about this. If all of us that come in here tonight have different, we are all made up different, have different ideas and things, and, uh, if everybody in here said, no, nah, we need to go that direction, or no, nah, we need to go that direction, we need to go this direction. No, I think we need to go that direction. I think the paint around here ought to be purple. Or no, I think it ought to be orange. I think it ought to be green. 
we got mass confusion. Do you think God was smart enough to know that was coming? So God set up a way for His church, His flock, to be shepherded or to be led on this earth when the sheep come together. Amen? Notice, if you will, in Acts chapter 20 again, and verse 28. Now, uh, again, Paul is addressing the elders at the church at Ephesus. And he says, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Paul's talking to the elders here, another term for the elder is a pastor. And he says the pastor is appointed as the overseer. The Holy Ghost hath made you the overseer to feed the church of God. That is God's prescription. Notice, if you will, in First Peter chapter 5 again, verse 2. First Peter chapter 5. And I know I'm not telling this church anything they don't already know. But I believe it's good for us to rehearse these things in the days when there's so much confusion about this term called church. All kinds of wacky stuff out here. And I'll tell you, I trust the Word of God more than I do the Internet. Amen. Amen. Or TV evangelist. First Corinthians, or First Peter rather again, and uh, chapter 5. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Feed the flock of God which is among you. Who's to feed the flock of God? The elder, the pastor. Feed the flock of God. What's he to feed them? Feeds them the word of God. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. And then he says, not by constraint, but willingly, not before filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, and so not being, neither being lords over God's heritage, but being in samples to the flock. And so the pastor, God has designed this local church as a flock to be led by the pastor as an overseer. He oversees the whole operation. Amen? Does that make sense? How many of you work a secular job and you understand that principle? Notice, if you will, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7. Now, I, listen, I, I'm an absolute comfort up here because I know I'm talking to a church that already believes this and practices it. Thank God for it. We've got young people coming up. They need to hear this instruction from the Word of God, and they need to hear it from somebody other than their pastor sometimes. A second voice is a good witness. Amen. It's in the book. God ordained His local church, His flock, to be led on this earth by a pastor who's under the leadership of the Lord. He's to do it the right way, not the wrong way. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 7, again, he said, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow concerning the end of their conversation. Again, he's speaking of the sheep following 
uh, the pastor. And he says, whose faith follow. Uh, concerning not just their, not following their flesh, following their faith. As they follow the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, the church follows the leadership of the pastor by faith. First Peter again, chapter five, verse two, he said, feed the flock. The pastor is to be the overseer. He's to lead in the direction of things. He is to be the feeder of the flock primarily. And then he's to be an example to the flock. God ordained this. Amen. God set this up this way so that uh, his, his flock could benefit the most on this earth. Now that doesn't, that doesn't take out God's leading in your personal life. But as a group, as a church, somebody has to lead. How many of you say amen to that? And I'll be honest with you. If the pastor doesn't, somebody will. Oh, I've been at this ball game enough to know that. Amen. Now, just as you have to trust the Lord to follow him, there has to be a certain element of trust in the leadership of the pastor. Now, he's not omniscient, and he's not omnipotent, and he's not all-loving. Amen. He's human. He's got faults of his own. But we're to follow his faith as he follows Christ. As he is led by the word and led by the Holy Spirit, we can follow that. And if he's in tune with the Lord and you're in tune with the Lord, everybody can make music. Amen. Isn't that right? Now, how... How is a sheep, can you benefit the most in your local church? What are are some things you can do to benefit yourself as a sheep? Well, if the pastor is to feed the flock, then it would make sense, it would benefit you to keep a healthy appetite for the Word of God. A healthy appetite. Now, I watch these boys at the table. I watch the girls at the table. Uh, I watched Jenny Beth at the table. No, I won't say. And then, you know what? I can tell you what a healthy appetite looks like. You can tell by looking at me what a healthy appetite is. You come eager to be fed. Amen. You know what? You'll benefit a whole lot more from the preaching and the teaching of God's word when you come in these doors with a healthy appetite. Now, one of the things that will help you have an appetite, this is all really just cornbread and bean stuff right here, but I want you to get a hold of this. There, how many of you know you can spoil your appetite? Now, spiritually speaking, how do we spoil our appetite? We're eating junk food. We're feeding on things all week long that are not the Word of God, not conducive to spiritual things. Amen. Then we come in here and expect Him to feed us. Well, I'm going down the road. I ain't getting fed down there. We've been eating all week. Amen. We can spoil our appetite. How about we're full when we come in? Two ways to do that. Fill up on the junk food. Or the other is what you have been eating, you've not been 
giving out so you can come in here to get refilled. The Lord expects us to get filled up in here so we can go out there and give people out there what we got in here so we come back with an empty tank so we're ready to get filled up again. Does that make any sense to anybody? That's your, that's a benefit to you. It's a benefit to your pastor. I'll tell you, when you got people eager, I mean, they're coming in, they got their Bibles open, they got their pen out and their paper and they're ready to take notes, they're ready to listen, they want, they want to be fed. Guarantee he's going to work harder at preparing the meal. Amen. So I can benefit myself by coming with a healthy appetite and come with a humble attitude. I need something from the Lord today. I need the Lord's help. I'm a sheep. I'm not the self-made dude. I need the Lord's help in my life. I need His direction. I need His correction. I need His inspection. I need His affection. I'm a needy person. I need to come with a humble attitude. And when we come with a humble attitude, the Lord will do something for us. I'll tell you, when we come in with the attitude, I got it all figured out and ain't nobody going to tell me anything. Ain't going to get any help. Come with a helpful atmosphere. Be a help to the other sheep. Don't be an agitation to the other sheep. And I read an author, and I'll close the read an author about, he was a shepherd actually in the Middle East for many, many years, and he talked about where the Psalms 23 says, Thou anointest my head with oil. And he talked about that served two purposes. One was the insects would drive the sheep crazy, but the oil would keep the the insects away from the sheep. The other was that it lubricated the heads of the sheep because sheep have a way sometimes of butting heads. You know, they're both fighting over the same patch of grass. And they get to butting their heads. And they'll knock each other's brains out. And so the the head being anointed with the oil makes it when they do butt heads, it just kind of glances off. Amen? That oil is typical of the Spirit of God in our life. We need to come with the Spirit of God in control of our lives, filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, we get along so much better then. Even our differences, even when we have differences, when the Holy Spirit's in control, we just, it, we get, we, we're able to live with it. Amen? We need these things. I'm telling you, we are a needy people tonight. More than we know. We Americans, I think, are the worst. Because we're taught as true Americans, we're to be independent. We don't need anybody or anything and not even God anymore. And it's just the opposite of that. I need Him more than ever. You need Him more than ever. We all do. If we can just realize we truly are, (laughs) we truly are the sheep of his pasture. And he truly is the good shepherd. Oh, if we can just ever learn what kind of shepherd we really have. Oh, if we could just learn about what kind of shepherd we really have, we wouldn't have much trouble following him. Amen. Sheep can get to know more about the shepherd the closer they get to him. Let me read you this. My daughter, Nikki, she'll be here in a few days. I wish she was here to sing it, but I want to read this. She wrote this song back a few years ago, and it's based on Psalms 23. It said, The Lord is my shepherd. 
how gently he leads. And I want for nothing, for he meets all my needs. He leads me by waters both still and serene and makes me to lie down in pastures so green. He makes me to lie down in pastures so green. His staff gives direction, so I stay in his way. His rod brings correction if I start to stray. Contentment and comfort, my shepherd provides both goodness and mercy. I find at his side. Both goodness and mercy I find at his side. But sometimes he leads me into a dark veil. Not sunshine, but shadows of death there prevail. And here I must trust that my my Savior, my shepherd's unchanged. Wherever he leads me, he's always the same. Though I walk through this valley, no evil I fear. For my shepherd is with me, and we're not staying here. Though death's shadows surround me, his promise is true. I'll not stay in this valley. I'm going through. You can't say that unless you're following. I'm glad the Lord wants us to follow him, aren't you? Mm-hmm.